Let's continue on our fight club. Fight for your right to party. Fight for your right to party. Okay, I can see I got some party animals with me today. That's good. At the back, yes, it was Brenda's birthday. Is it, was it yesterday, really? The 7th. Oh, so it passed. We, so if you're thinking you need to party, you just phone Brenda. She wants to party all month. So that's good. She likes the good... She's a good party animal, that's right. So turn with me in your Bibles to... Um, I, uh, this week I... I spoke at uh, the Senior Supper, and uh, they left me to the very end. They, they, you know what? It was a, it was a miracle in the waiting. I, you want to know? They, uh, they left me to the end, and uh, the the, the uh, leader says, you know, just, you know, I'll give you an extra five minutes. And, uh, of course, they only gave me 15, as it was. And it was at the end of the night. And, of course, um, if you've ever been to a senior supper, they are there. They would not be congruent with our lifestyle, okay? Because when they show up, they show up 15 minutes early. And if you show up on time, you're late, okay? So the senior supper, if you show up on time you won't get a seat to sit down, okay? So that's what I mean by it's incongruent. And the fact that, you know, they had such a good time up to the moment that I was speaking that if you know me, and I kind of mentioned this, they were going to experience a miracle. You know, and they're a tough crowd. They kind of look at you kind of going, what are you meaning? But, uh, you know... Martha knows because uh, I'm a long-winded preacher and to only be given me 15 minutes is like asking for a miracle. <laughs> and uh, I, was, uh, I was 18 minutes to be exact. And uh, so they, they did experience a miracle. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> 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 oh, Louis. Louis, you can't blame that on your wife, though. That's. <laughs> oh, Louis, you're funny. Okay. Luke's Gospel, chapter 21. Luke's Gospel, chapter 21. And uh, we will be reading from verse 10. Luke's Gospel, chapter 21, starting at verse 10. He said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes in various places, famines and pestilences, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. Before you can party, you have to understand what you face. And um, it all can be summed up in a word, and that is persecution. 
I know it's, this wasn't probably what you thought this was going to be, but there will continue to be conflicts around the world. This is not God's will, but he still can use it for good. The whole earth is groaning for a king like Jesus. Jesus guarantees we will experience persecution. Why do I know that? Well, let me just read to you a definition of persecution in the New, from the New Testament. From the Greek, it's from digamos, which is usually rendered persecution in the New Testament, denoting the result of physical or verbal harassment, and it's associated with the noun of oppression or affliction. The term derives from the verb doko, which means pursue or chase, and literally refers to the result of pursuing, thus persecution. The context of this persecution can be physical, can be social, social economic, emotional, and um, it is something that, it's according to the word, it is something that you and I will face. So, how do you fight for your right to party? Let's continue just reading those, the verses. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. Settle it, therefore, in your minds, not to meditate beforehand how to answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of you they will put to death. You will be hated by all for my namesake, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. Father, we just ask that you would surround us with your presence. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we ask that we would just receive it into our hearts. Lord, that our faith would increase and that we would walk out of here in the light of your spirit and what you're doing in this land and in your kingdom. We ask this in your name. Amen. I'm going to tell you something that I haven't told all of the leadership yet, but uh, my wife mentioned it this morning. Um, my daughter in Vancouver has been receiving a couple of phone calls from the RCMP, the Warman Detachment. And uh, they haven't been able to get together, but they've been calling her at work. Um, so I went to the detachment, asked what was going on, and they said, well, we know what it's all about, and we're trying to get a hold of someone in Vancouver, a lady, and they wouldn't tell me what it was. Um, finally, my daughter and the RCMP were able to talk, and what has happened is someone has accused me of something criminal, and um, they w wanted her verification of it. Matter of fact, it happened the last time in the last three weeks. Uh, was not the case. Three weeks, my wife, my daughter has not been here in Warman. 
Um, you're all thinking now, what is it that they charged you with? Or what are they looking for? The issue is not so much, I guess, I'm, I'm a little, I'm, uh, because of my motivation of who I am, I, I don't want to create uh, camps. Um, but this is very serious, but it is totally false. The person who's making an accusation of this used to come to the church a long time ago and lives back over in the lower mainland, but called the RCMP to accuse me. Um, this made my daughter very, very angry uh, because it is totally untrue and totally bizarre. I don't know about you, but in the last few weeks, bizarre has become almost norm. Those of you who know some of the things, it becomes... Um, you wonder where it's all coming from. But I, I want to tell you is that uh, oftentimes when there is a, a rise of the bizarre, it means that, that um, there is a, a spiritual battle that's taking place. Now, I want to put everybody's mind at ease. There is no investigation on me, okay? It's been, there is nothing. Um, but it is it has allowed me as an as an individual. Be, I I find I take this not so much as what's been said as what it's done for my credibility in the community. That's where I get a little bit um, concerned. Uh, what does this have to do with persecution? Is not what you, th what you might think it is just because you're in conflict doesn't mean you're persecuted. You can't treat people however you want and then say you're being persecuted when they don't like you. In this context, persecution is specifically about religious people who are coming against followers of Jesus. And I guess what I'm, I want to say is that leaders of the temple would come against Christians in Jerusalem for following the way of Jesus. The people who are most inclined to be persecutors are the people who feel the most threatened by your way of life. They aren't coming against you. They're coming against the spirit you carry. That it's part of what makes persecution so painful and so confusing. Uh, that's the part. You see, they're coming against the spirit that one carries. Jesus said there would be persecution. And in this day and age, it's not just someone who can make a false statement to a police station and create an accusation. Thank you. Um, oh, thank you, Brad. Oh, he forgives me already. Um, 
I, I, I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say here is there are, there are forms of persecution already taking place. And we just think it's the norm. People feel they're persecuted at work for some certain degree of this, that, and injustice. And the first thing they do is rise up on Facebook and talk about it. In order to create a camp. In order to create justice. You don't have to do very much and people can call for your head. A football game just last Monday. Cleveland Browns player ripped off the, the other player's helmet and used it as a weapon. People are calling for him to get convicted of a crime. But guess what? The very essence of football creates the culture that sometimes allows for that to take place. And unfortunately, who are we to create a mob to create justice and to persecute people for things that... I'm not... I'm not uh, hear me out. I'm not saying what he did was right. All I'm saying is... The, the essence of what we've created has its pitfalls and downfalls. And if you are not checking your emotions carefully, you can fall into traps that can persecute you. And the thing is, nowadays, you can't even, you, you can't even live life normally because what you've done in the past can come back and hurt you. Hence, what you put on Facebook is there forever. What you are able to Instagram, what, you're, what pictures you've put, all of those things, they will never, ever go away. And the funny thing is that that's now being used to persecute people. It's a form of harassment. And I guess, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is, uh, people, if we think that persecution is something that takes place just in the Holy Land or something that just takes place with a few Christian sects that are taking place against Muslims, you're wrong. It is very much alive everywhere. The mob mentality is very easy to get involved with and you will end up saying things and doing things that you never thought you would do for the, for the injustice that something rises up in you that says needs to be made right. When the truth hasn't even been revealed yet. Remember, people who are the most inclined to be persecutors are the people who feel most threatened by your way of life. My, my daughter, who's an influencer, uh, that's what they call them now, on, um, on Instagram, she has something like 20-some thousand followers, and she made a comment, and she has been literally... Um, it's like a stalker. Uh, been abused by 
people that have followed her and created, uh, have come after her for what she's done. Literally, they've even created false accounts so that they can do it even more and have more people upset. It's all false. I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's very easy to get caught into being a persecutor. None of us here in this room want to be persecuted. But Jesus said it would be, it is part of what happens. And it, it, it's, it's something that um, we have to realize. And we need to know that they're not coming against you. They're coming against the spirit you carry. And that's part of what makes persecution so painful and so confusing. Jesus promises to give us a mouth here when people challenge our faith or doubt our sincerity. Jesus promises that the Holy Spirit will speak through us. What does it look like for Jesus, for Jesus to use your voice and speak through you in conflict? What does it look like? If I wanted to get even more in your face or in your zone, I could say you're being even persecuted by your circumstances by your situations, by your employment, maybe by your spouse, maybe by lack of finances. You can kind of go, the harassment issue can kind of hit you on every front. And you can feel like, oh, woe is me. What's happening? Why is this always taking place? Jesus is telling us that there will be the persecution that comes to us. So how do you and I handle that? Turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 98. Psalm 98, starting at verse 4. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre. With the lyre and the sound of, a mel- of melody. With trumpets and with the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the King of the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord. Before he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. When you and I trust that God will judge the world with equity, you do not have to make every conflict right. I used to, uh, I used to work with a person, he's my spiritual father, uh, God keeps good books. So I don't have to. But there's something that drives in us that we want to be able to go that mile to see equality or to see justice take place. And 
quite frankly, that can, that can be a really rough roller coaster. Living from every injustice to another injustice to make sure that that justice has taken place. Wow. That's a really tough gig. The point I'm trying to get here is that you and I need to learn to have joy in the midst of tension. Do you want to fight for your rights or do you want to fight for your right to party? Do you want other people to see that you have been persecuted? Do you want to fight to get all of your rights protected? Or do you want to fight to protect your joy in the midst of a conflict that isn't over yet? You can't do both at the same time. Impossible. Jesus says you will face conflicts you can't control. And he says the Holy Spirit will look after your words. But if you become argumentative and defensive, you will lose your joy. I've struggled a lot with that this past week. The the natural reaction is to rise up and get all right. The argumentative to get protective to get and quite frankly, I, I know where the attack is coming from. It's not from a person, it's from the enemy. And to me to give that a place in my life. means I'm already thinking I'm a loser. And I'm not. Let's take that for a minute. The victim aspect. You see, what happens in in conflict is we either avoid it and ignore it and hope it goes away or we become the victim. Both of those scenarios will cause you to lose your joy. Because it doesn't matter how much you ignore it, it doesn't necessarily go away. And if you become the victim, then you've succumbed to all of that abuse. You've given it the right to remain. As Christians, where does that leave us? There or there? Neither. We have to understand that the battle is the Lord's. He is our victory. We sang it today. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory because the battle belongs to you, 
Lord. But you don't know what I face. I, you're right. I don't know what you face. But I know that I serve and I love a God that knows where you're at and can minister to where you're at. He sees the pain you're in. He sees the conflict that you're in. He knows what's taking place. And he has an answer. It's him. Paul was very, very clear in Romans chapter 12. As a matter of fact, we should probably go there. It's not in my notes because I'm at the end already. <laughs> I got a, you guys got a miracle. <laughs> See, I can do it again. Nah, 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 nah. Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 12. Maybe let's go to verse 9. That's even better. Don't just pretend that you love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Stand on the side of good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy in your work, but serve the Lord enthusiastically. Verse 12, be glad for all God is planning for you. Be patient in trouble and always be prayerful. When God's children are in need, be the one to help them out and get into the habit of inviting guests home for dinner or if they need lodging for the night. If people persecute you because you're a Christian, don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. When others are happy, be happy with them. When they are sad, share their sorrow. Live in harmony with each other. Don't try to act important, but enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do your part to live in peace with everyone as much as possible. It means you don't... Make a Facebook thing, please. Dear friends, never avenge yourselves. Leave that to God, for it is written, I will take vengeance. I will repay those who deserve it, says the Lord. He keeps good books. He looks after what's wrong. And if we trust him with it, then we don't have to do it. Because if you, don't do, if you don't do it that way and entrust him with it, then you have to pick it up. I try desperately to, to... I better not go there. Um, because I want to end, because someone just gave me lip service that I can never finish on time. Now I'm persecuting you. <laughs> we always end with getting into the ring. So here are some questions we can ask ourselves. What areas of your life make you defensible? 
Defensive, I should say. What areas of your life make you defensive? Are there things that you have faced that make you feel like you're a victim? And if there is, then I guess the next question is, have you brought those feelings to Jesus? And then the next question is, are you used to being right in an argument that you end up winning the argument but losing your joy? Can I end with this, going back to Matthew chapter 5? The Lord reminded me this just before coming up to speak, but... I, I guess what I want to leave you with is a promise. Not just the fact that you will be persecuted and that you have to face all the hardship and all the, the unfair things, and, you, and I'm just telling you to just trust Him. It's easier said than done. It's easy to to say, trust him, but when you're in the middle of the persecution, wow, how do you do that? Sometimes you will need to do it hourly. Maybe you'll need to do it daily. You have to bring those feelings of injustice and all of that sadness and all of that conflict, and you give it over to him. Let him hear how you feel. Because he's a great burden bearer, he bears burdens well. And he promises that his yoke is easy and that his burden is light. When we do that, we transfer that emotions and we create emotional maturity in our lives to not have to always bend to the emotional conflict that's taking place in our lives. When we transfer that and give it over to him, he then, we trust him to carry it. And I don't care how many times you have to do it. If you have to do it minutely, then do it every minute. I trust you, Lord, with this feeling. I feel this. Lord, I ask that you would not, that you would carry this injustice, this feeling of conflict. And I will trust you that you will make a difference in this situation. Because guess what? He does come through. You know what? You know what my the reaction of my son was when he heard what happened? He laughed. (laughs) That's not very nice when you're being persecuted. That someone would laugh. My daughter talking to, my, to Barb was saying, she goes, you never believe what this is, but it is, it's so sick and it's so stupid, but it's funny. You'll, you won't be able to party if you can't give that stuff over. 
You won't be able to understand that it's not going to affect you or have any difference in you because that's what it is. It's coming against what you carry, not who you are. I said I'd end. <laughs> Matthew chapter 5. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. That's verse 9 of chapter 5. Verse 10 says, God blesses those who are persecuted because they live for God, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Let me continue, because God's not finished with that. God blesses you when you are mocked and persecuted and lied about because you are my followers. And then he's very specific. Jesus is very specific. He says, be happy about it. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, but be happy about it. Be very glad. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted too. Sometimes life, can I say this, sucks. But you don't, as Christians, have to stay there. He's given you a way to transfer over the burden, the emotional capacities that you can't carry, and he is able to carry it. He is able to follow through with it. He is able to bring vengeance to it. He is able to do that which you've committed that to him, which is your very life and your soul, which is far more important than any justice or act of vengeance that needs to take place. And he promises that yours is the kingdom of heaven. There's a promise where you can get happy. In the midst of being persecuted, you can be happy and throw a party. My desire to tell you about my own life was only to give you a context of persecution. I am not going to talk about it anymore. I'm just going to throw myself a party. I'm asking you to do the same with what you're facing because it is just as wrong or incriminating or hurtful, or harassment, or abusive. I'm in no way condoning things that are wrong, that you just, those, that's a whole different subject of when people have done like murder, kill, be abusive, all that stuff, okay? I'm, I'm not condoning that. What I'm saying is that which you have been unjustly persecuted for does not have to be your badge of honor or the clothes you wear. That's right. That's good. That's really good. You belong to a kingdom that throws parties. 
and he is able to be your justification. I'm so glad I don't have to carry that. I am so glad I don't have to justify anything. I just rest in him because I know what he sees, what I am, he's happy about. And that, you see, I want you to know that what I have faced isn't something that just cropped out of the blue. I've told you many different things of my life. Matter of fact, Barb has told some people to grab some popcorn. They don't need Netflix or anything else. We, you just need to, for us to tell you what goes on in our lives because we could give you a lot of good stories. <laughs> but I believe that my situation is not any different than what, you're, what you are facing and what you can do about it. Church, it's time to throw off that garment and put on the clothes that Jesus has made for you. That you are a son and a daughter of God. And that kingdom that never ends is affecting and can affect your reality. It is already taking place for the very conflict that you have entered and are experiencing. You can go, whoa, man, I'm getting nailed. I'm going to go for God more. None of this. You know, it reminds me of, of uh, the coyote, you know, the runner and the road runner and the coyote and the coyote when he knows he's going to get hit. A big boulder's going to land on him. He's praying there going. <laughs> That's like some Christians. We're just waiting for the end to come. It's true. I don't want anybody here in this room to be waiting for the end to come. I want you to know that you already have victory. You will see his victory for his battle for the battle belongs to him.